stop wasting time disliking yourself stop wasting time second guessing yourself procrastinating start showing up for yourself welcome to the power hour the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success i'm adrienne herbert international speaker fitness coach and entrepreneur each week i'll be talking to today's leading coaches creatives change makers and innovators to find out their daily habits morning routines and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, the Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. Today I am joined by an entrepreneur who is making the world a better place with positive thinking. She is the founder of one of the world's leading positive content platforms, The Good Co. In 2010, while suffering from depression, she decided to drop out of university and she later began using creative platforms and started a Tumblr blog, sharing memes and quotes sourced from hip hop songs a place online that would raise awareness for mental health and let people know that they were not alone in the way that they felt. The site's popularity exploded and today this has grown into a variety of digital platforms that reaches an audience of over 20 million people. She has recently partnered with the Red Bull Amapico Academy, which is an eight-day launch pad for grassroots social entrepreneurs, people with innovative projects who want to make a positive change in their community. Welcome to the show, Megan Roxanne. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming in. I'm mega excited for this episode. Your journey and what you have created is absolutely incredible. I'd love to kick this off by asking you to talk us through that journey so far. Okay, so in 2010, I went through a depression. I wasn't happy with the way my life was going at all. So I dropped out of uni. I stopped talking to a bunch of friends and I dropped out of my work. and at that time, I was just in my room and I didn't actually realise I was going through a depression until maybe five or seven days passed and I didn't actually go and have a bath or I wasn't really eating. Um, so I looked online and I realised that there might be something wrong here. At the same time, um, I found Tumblr, which was advertised at the time as a creative platform where creatives can share their work and build communities. So I launched a blog called Cushion Wisdom and I started creating picture quotes from Wiz Khalifa's mixtape, um, Cushion Orange Juice. Uh, There was a song on there called The Statement and I made a picture quote, taking a picture of him from Google, slapping the chorus onto that picture quote, posted it onto my blog and then the next day I woke up to like 20,000 followers. So... um, Yeah, it was incredible. I was receiving loads of testimonials. At the same time, I was receiving a lot of DMCA notices because I was using other people's pictures from Google. wasn't giving any credit. Um, And so I stopped doing music quotes and I went on to like your typical Shakespeare. Um, Just just loads of different famous people Mm. that no one cares about anymore. And I just received a decline in my engagement. So I went onto Twitter and I found loads of different light workers and new writers from around the world. I met a guy called Melanda Jean Clude. I met a girl um, called Rachel Walchin. I created a family of writers that I still work with today um, called Fameless. And I sourced all of my quotes from them, including myself. And I guess what I brought to the table was more duality. You know, Mm. I was able to connect to my demographic um, easier with more relatable 
uncomfortable quotes about things that we're actually going through. You know, mm. people our age can't relate to the old, the old, I don't know, George Washington quotes anymore, sure, you know, sure. so... Yeah, the context. Yeah, the context was completely relatable. So um, I did that and then I launched a store like three days after. and An I, online store? An online store um, via, I think, Big Cartel. Um, and I was putting slogans on top of clothing, like jumpers and hats, and we sold out and I sold about £36,000 worth of merchandise in the space of a month um which was wild because paypal shut me down immediately after and because uh, i was operating for a personal account not a business account because i had okay. no idea what i was doing um went to the bank the next day they gave me a business account a business account within an hour um came back home started again um and yeah i was able to pay back my mother because i was in debt of like seventeen thousand pounds because of loads of other ventures that i was trying to do that didn't work out um and yeah, I was doing that for about two years and it was great, you know, just building up our assets of just picture quotes and nobody else online was doing picture quotes the way we did. Um, one of the craziest things that inspired me, I went to New York in 2012, um, New Year's 2012, and it was, a, this holiday will always stick with me because as soon as I turned home I found out my mother had cancer but during that holiday I was just bombarded of all of this like fear you know that something was wrong with my mum and at the same time I met somebody in a barber shop on a day on New Year's Day and it was three o'clock in the morning and they were working still doing trims and weaves and braids and I walked in and I was like guys it's New Year's Day <laughs> you don't have to work anymore and this woman came outside um, and she asked me where I'm from and I told her I'm from London and she asked me how many hours do we work and I said, oh, we work nine to five. And she goes, okay, well, in New York, we work around the clock. You know, we wow. work from nine to five, then five to 10, then 10 to five. Like, we don't take time off. Um, and she goes, that's how you triple your money every day. So what you make in a week, you know. So I went home and I started blogging around the clock, 24 hours a day, once every hour. And our following just increased dramatically. And um, like I said, in 2013, my mum had uh, cancer, that's when I met my business partner um, and he advised me to move over to Instagram, which we did. We rebranded because nobody really wanted to get involved with a brand called Cushion Wisdom at the time. Now it's a perfect time to launch it, you know, okay. but back in the day it wasn't. Um, and so we rebranded to The Good Quote. Mm -hmm. and, and do you know what year that was when you joined Instagram? Was it right when Instagram it was, was fresh? It was literally the beginning of 2014. Like my first picture is of an airplane seat when I took my mum to Trinidad um, after she finished her treatment for cancer. And I basically told everybody what it is that I'm doing. And I received a swarm of emails from people like just giving me advice about what food she should eat. And that was the first time I really felt like a sense of community online. Like there were so many people who I'd never met before who sure. were just giving me so much great information, support and love. And then we just commenced with posting picture quotes from our group Fameless. And we received 1 million followers in our first month. Um, and then we just continue to grow at 5 million a year across, a board, across the board of all of our channels. So to date, we have 26 million followers. Um, 
In total, uh, the good quote is our largest page that has 16.2 million. By the time this comes out, it'll probably be on 16.3 because we grow at 100,000. This is incredible. Like, yeah. It's mind-blowing to think. You know, I know back in the day, maybe 2012, 13, people had that first mover advantage. So they mm-hmm. say like, oh, you know, the first few, you know, bigger fashion bloggers or or bloggers that kind of got their first grew a following, yeah. but not like that, not that speed and not to be able to maintain that speed. You know, yeah. like digital and social, it moves so quickly, but sometimes things are kind of like, you know, a firework and then it's done. But the fact that it's maintained that growth yeah. is incredible. It's been fantastic and everything is organic. We haven't paid for any ads. We haven't done anything of the sort. Um, we don't pay for followers, nothing. We grow at about 100,000 every 14, sometimes 12 days. Um, at the moment, we get 850 million impressions a week. Um yeah, the page is on fire. It's and it's so people need it. People want it. Yeah, definitely. And it's known worldwide. Like one of my favourite slogans that I say all the time is everybody knows someone that follows the good quote. You know, um, there was one time I was in Houston and some two women, American women, asked me for instructions. Then we ended up speaking and they asked me what I did. And I told them that I co-owned a good quote. And she called her daughter. She FaceTimed her daughter and she was like, what's that page that you're always sharing with me of the quotes? And she's like, oh, the good quote. She's like, this is the, this is one of the owners. And I ended up speaking to the little girl on the phone. And it was just it's just wow. weird. Yeah, it's just it's crazy how far it reaches. So, yeah, I'm happy with that. But. More on a serious note, I'm. We receive DMs every second. Like our DMs are full, and um, it's proof that whatever we're doing is working because people say that it helps. You know, with the messages and the advice and the videos that we put up, and mm-hmm. you know, it it generally helps people from people showing us their process of healing from cutting, from people who show us. You know, I was about to contemplate suicide, and now I'm not. You know. It's so easy for us posting quotes. We don't really know the impact that this one piece of material has. So we have to ensure that everything that we post is meaningful, it is not harmful, mm. and it encourages. Um, so it's a huge responsibility to own a platform like this and to in, just just to touch so many people. If, if we're getting 800 million impressions a week, we have to ensure that everything that those people are seeing is positive. There mm. can't be... We cannot be the source of any form of negativity at all so yeah we do our best to source the best content and to keep it alive and I guess that's why we're consistently getting more people following so I'm happy with the project um which all stemmed from depression I generally didn't want to go through that by myself and I knew there was other people going through it too and I just had to figure out a way to get through it the easiest most digestible way possible so Mm. Yeah, I think we did. I think we did well. Yes, yeah, I could definitely agree. And look at where we you know where it's gone. And as you said, being a positive source online because you know online and social media can get a bad rep, especially when it comes to things like mental health. And I think that, as you just said, with that kind of audience and that many people, it's a really. I think it's a testimony to show how powerful positivity can be because yeah. negativity, as we know, and like you know, uh, hate and things online that are negative can spread like mm. fire. But positivity can also be that fire and I think it's you know people they need it Mm -hmm. yeah you know what I mean they really need to um I guess as well if they're surrounded by that to kind of have somewhere to go as you said and something to kind of shine a light on it yeah I think there's so much misinformation online which I class as negativity anyway you've got videos and just things supporting things that aren't adding to anybody's well-being or self-development like there's we, we have such a huge there's such a huge platform, Instagram as it is, 
we as people have the potential or the possibility to completely change the narrative you know, to, to raise consciousness, to encourage people to raise their vibrations. Like, I would rather do that than just make somebody laugh because somebody's done something stupid mm. online or something. I just, yeah. It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, for sure. And so I guess as you've, you know, explained about that journey, as you became more a part of a collective and as it's expanded to the huge, you know, variety of platforms that it is now, I'm assuming that in that time you've needed to create a team to support that growth. So how do you maintain the core values and the vision and ensure that it stays true to what you initially started? Um, quality quality and consistency uh, our team is really small we work with a lot of freelancers and um, we're still trying to find um, a few permanent fixtures like a general manager etc etc but at the moment we try to work with people that understand what it is that we're trying to do um, we don't like automation so every single day we're working trying to source the best content that fits whether it's positive news whether it's wholesome videos or you know really great stories that surround the world um, we have to ensure that we stick to a schedule, a posting schedule. Um, and that's it, really. It's, mm. it's very simple. We just have to be consistent with the content we're putting out and making sure that it's of high quality. Mm. Yeah. So it. I think it's easy for people when they start with a specific idea, sometimes as it grows and as the message, you know, they gain more followers. And it, with that, I sometimes think comes a pressure where people get distracted and they mm -hmm. dilute what they started. Yeah. So I think it's really um, yeah, great to hear that, that, you know, you can re remain the quality even at that such a huge scale. Yeah. And your audience recognise it. If we have it, I mean, I'm not going to lie, there's days where there's weeks where I can just go and oh, I'm so tired I can't post or you know that we might have a shortage of good content to find and the audience they recognise it from the jump like where is the daily affirmation where's the daily positive news like what's happening you know and then sometimes we get our audience sending us stuff that we may have missed so we're just bombarded with so much good content it's 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 good it's good and I'm sure that it's incredibly rewarding you know as we've discussed the, the number of people that you reach and you know we mentioned a little bit about the fact that social media can have you know a bad rep when it comes to mental health so I guess what advice would you give to anyone listening to the show who may be struggling themselves with a mental health illness who might be finding it difficult to connect either online or, you know, with their community? Um, the first thing I would always say is make sure that your feed reflects the world that you want to see. Um, so I try my best. Not, when I'm on Instagram, my feed is really positive. I follow really great people, um, people that encourage like fitness, um, health, food, uh, higher vibrational living like everything that's just going to improve my self-development and the quality of my life those are the people that I'm following and that really has a huge impact on my day I can't stress that enough um, so uh, that's the main thing that I would say especially when we're on the phone as every single day I mean the other day I found this this um, this feature on my phone um, it shows you how many times you pick up your phone every day. Yes. Oh, my so God. It. it shows you the time you're on the phone, but also, yeah, it shows you breaks it down, right? Into yeah. like how much time, <laughs> how many times you unlocked the screen. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, it's shocking. What, what was your number? Honestly, I yeah. think that day it was in like 70, in the wow. 70s. Okay. Which I'm sure some days it's probably more. Mine was 250. <gasps> 250 times that you'd yeah. open the unlock screen. So I've I, yeah. Wow. It was almost, it was average of like 15 times an hour. Because of alerts. And yep. so I remember speaking to my friend um, who's actually a, a therapist uh, and a psychologist, this man called Sam um, Karashi. Um, and he was telling me the importance of 
removing notifications from your phone oh, because yes. yeah because people people just have so much access to us you know as soon as someone messages you your phone you just have this urge to oh so just remove all the notifications from your phone and just see how peaceful life can be but in regards to um your question um I would say to try and spend as much time off social media. Um, and I know that goes against everything that we do, but um, the mental health of people is more important than engagement and following. Mm. And I would say try your best to not scroll in the morning, but instead go for a walk, uh, change your diet, um, reach out to other people who are promoting the things that you're struggling with. Try and find more people through the comments or whatever it is, just try and find more people who are going through what you're going through so you can actually build your own community through your Instagram page. Like, use your page as a way to connect more with other people. Yeah. Um, but 100% come offline. Mm. Go outside. Get involved in things that you love doing. Like, what's, what are you passionate about? What are the things that you can't go a day without thinking about? These are the things that you should get involved in. You know, art, exercise, even spending time with older people, uh, it's just there's so much things we could do in offline to help our mental health. Yeah. But ideally, if there is something that you're going through, it's always best to go to your GP and speak to them and see if there's someone else they can refer you to. Um, don't suffer alone in the world where we're so connected. There's no reason really to be out here by yourself. So, yeah. yeah. I love that. I couldn't agree with you more on all Thank of those you. things. All of those things. <laughs> so talk to me about your work ethic because okay. I know that you couldn't, have created such a successful brand and sustained it without a lot of hard work especially in the digital space as it's always changing at such a fast pace so I feel at the moment there's kind of two camps so you know there's the work hard hustle non-stop grind until you get it keep going keep going keep going and then there's the kind of work less to get more be patient strive for balance you know so I guess yeah I guess I'd love to know what your values are when it comes to work ethic um so I'm not shy with the fact that I still, st I hate the word suffer or battle, but I still deal with depression. Um, I've been able to control it, um, but sometimes it just takes over to the point where I lack all enthusiasm to do anything. Um, so my work ethic stems a lot from just the encouragement and just watching my business partner work. Um, he is a full-time solicitor, but just his mind frame is incredible. And I definitely think it has a lot to do with culture as well. So he's African, Nigerian and West Indian. And I don't care what anybody says, Nigerians are just more, they're just, their work ethic is incredible. Mm -hmm. You know, with West Indians, we're quite laid back. You know, there's, there's I mean, we've got island a good life. Yeah, <laughs> we're just chilling. No, there's a lot of us that are, you know, just as good, but it's, these Nigerians, the way they were raised, the, the things that they were taught when they mm -hmm. were kids, you know, like, and that shows in their work ethic as they're older. And so just observing, being around him, listening to what, listening to the advice that he gives, watching what he does, even in regards to like punctuality, time management, um, just everything. I've learned a lot from my business partner. So, but personally, what is embedded in me is that hustle because. I've been back and forth from the West Indies my whole life and I know what struggle is and I know how I got to this country in the first place through the sacrifices of my grandparents mm -hmm. and them moving over here, um, you know, through the wind rush and, you know, rebuilding the country, et cetera, et cetera. And when I go back to the West Indies, there are some family members who are living great and there's some who aren't. And the majority of the West Indies aren't rich 
you know, so you've got people out there who are working night and day selling water at the side of the street or fruit. Um, you've got street vendors, you've got people with creating crafts and, you know, there's people out here that are really working for their money. Mm. So while I'm out here in England, <laughs> where there's a lot of possibility, a lot yeah, of opportunities, yes. um, I don't have an excuse to fail. I really don't. And um, I always, I always, in, I always have the thought of the people that came before me. And my mum always says, in order for you to have something for free now, somebody else had to pay the price for it. And there's three or four generations of people before me who didn't have access to opportunities that I did, who didn't have the possibilities to fulfil their dreams. They just had to wake up, work, provide for their family, go to sleep. I don't have to do that. I can actually choose, because for the last 10 years, I haven't had a boss. So I can actually choose to do that. Yeah. If I'm tired, I can fly out. There's all of these great things. So in order for me to have that lifestyle, I have to work. So, yeah, we work 15, 16 hours a day. We sleep, we get up, we work. You know, we have to ensure that our days are following a routine. So as soon as I wake up, I go to the park, I go for a quick jog, I might go to the gym. I try and only eat plant-based food, um, which... I genuinely believe just gives me so much energy anyway. Um, I don't, I try my best not to be out too much um, mm -hmm. because anytime that I'm taken away from my business, I'm taken away from myself. So I don't need to see or read anything after 10 p.m. if it's nothing to do with work. You know, You're that, speaking my language. I'm that, so grateful that there's someone else saying this on this show because yeah. sometimes it's like I'm just, you know, I go to bed early, I wake up early, and people are like, okay, Adrienne, we know. But I'm like, you see, people, I am not the only one. Yeah, there's, 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 I mean, Friday nights or, or not and, but all Saturday nights, I may go out with some friends, and my friends are understanding of that. And anyone who isn't can leave because I, I only have one life, and this life isn't, I don't really take life that seriously like it's an experience we're here to learn what we're supposed to learn we're here to contribute our our light and our our passions to this world to make this world a better place and so if that's what we're all supposed to do I cannot be out here wasting my time yeah. you know Amen. I can't so um listening to ebooks um instead of reading because I don't have time to read um uh, trying to subscribe to as many podcasts or um just like really great YouTube channels by entrepreneurs to keep me active. Um, yeah. yeah, drinking like four liters of water every day. Like this is all lifestyle. Mm. In regards to work ethic, just work. Yeah, <laughs> like but it's all related. And yeah. I think as well, you know, taking it back a second to what you said, I think so many people, you know, they're lacking that gratitude. You know, the gratitude yeah. you're talking about, the acknowledgement of, as you said, other people's circumstances. However hard you think you have it, however hard you think you're working, mm -hmm. trust me, as you said, there's people around the world who are grafting, who are working hard. And it's not to say that, you know, you have to graft every minute of the day and work ourselves to death, of no. course. But I think it's that acknowledgement that gives you the gratitude to actually fuel you. It fires you up. Like she said, you know, to go, I'm grateful that I have these opportunities, that I live here, that I have an iPhone, that I have access to, as you said, learning. You mm -hmm. can learn now for anyone, everywhere. For You know, if you're here, you've got Audible, as you said, podcast, YouTube, all these things that our, you know, older generations never had. Mm -hmm. And I think that gratitude is what often I think people are missing yeah. when they, you know, feel maybe stuck or they feel like, you know, quite hard done by. I think flipping that around and really, yeah, filling your as much time as you can with that gratitude is going to, yeah, definitely be a game changer in your mindset. Yeah, I think it's definitely gratitude, nutrition. You said something about... Um people working straight out, um, grind, grind, grind. I don't believe in that. 
you need to sleep you need to rest you need at least an hour to yourself um one of my mentors um coop Dwayne coop uh coop underscore dc uh he's into fasting he's been teaching me a lot about um sacrifice abstinence and fasting and all of these things have definitely improved my work ethic so work ethic isn't just waking up at five and going to bed at midnight and only sleeping three hours a day and just working no that's that's slow that's a slow death <laughs> that's yeah. not that's not going to do anything you're not going to enjoy the fruits of your labor um it's all about making sure that every every woken hour of your day is going towards something productive mm. and you're also spending a couple of hours like moving your body then you're at least spending one hour just in a complete state of just relaxation and that's it if you be consistent with that then yeah yeah so as you said it's not about you know grind 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 but whatever it is that you are working towards and striving for today's world tells us that we should always want more and I think that's really difficult for people because however much they achieve however much however many things they tick off that list, they always feel like they should be working for more. And sometimes I know I'm guilty of that myself. You know, you set a bar and then you think, well, I've set the bar and the standard now. I've got to go higher and surpass that. So yeah, what are your thoughts on when it comes to success? What does that look like for you and how do you define success? I think success is relative. Like if there's a guy who tells me that he's happy with being a carpenter, you know, and that's all he's ever wanted to do. And now he's got his own carpentry business and he makes 40,000 a year and his family are happy and they go on one holiday and that's happiness for him and that's that's success. If another man says that his whole dream was to be a billionaire, now he's working towards that and he's doing everything that he needs to do for that, then that's success. Like your idea of success and yours and yours and yours, it's got nothing to do with me. Like ours is completely different. So um I definitely think success is relative as long as you are happy and you enjoy life and you're waking up to do something that you enjoy doing. Um, that to me is success. But to me personally, uh, success success is all about formulating generational wealth, you know, um, breaking generational curses, ensuring that when I do have children, I have something to pass on to them, um, ensuring that I have a really great financial uh, status <laughs> so you know if anything happens to me I'm good um, success is all, also the, the the people that you keep around you I have some incredible people around me sometimes I look at them I'm like how do how did we get into that how are we yes. friends <laughs> you know um, that to me is successful the fact that if there's anything going wrong with me whether it's financial mental anything to do with fitness or nutrition I have someone that I can call yeah um Success is the fact that I can help other people who look like me get into places. You know, I mean, as a black woman, a black entrepreneur in London, access is hard, you know. So when you do get access, when you do get a foot through the door, it's not only a foot, but you, you're opening that door and just letting everybody in as well. Yes, That's success. I love that. You know? I love that. Service yeah. for others. And I think, you know, encouraging that, as you said, leading by example, but then not just saying, OK, look at me do it. Yeah. But actually saying how can I help the next person to do it and the next person and the next person? That is so, so powerful. If you can't help other people, there's only so much you can take with you. You can't take anything with you when you you cross over. But in this world, and you use Nipsey Hussle as an example, yeah? So many people adored that man, not not just for his music, but for who he was as a person, his character, Mm -hmm. the things he did, how he served his community. That is success. You know, uh, Shaka um, once told me, you know, you can have all the money in the world and lose it and no one will help you because 
you're probably a prick while you're climbing up that ladder. <laughs> yeah. But if you have something good that serves your community and you're still making money at the same time, and if you do go broke and you have people around you that will house you for free for when, for however long, yeah. feed you, help you get back on your feet, that is success. Mm. You know, so if you have all the money in the world but you don't have anybody around you that can help you, you're not successful. Yeah. You're not. And then at the same time, I don't believe that having billions in the bank is great because... Why would you have a billion dollars? So much of the world's resources in your account when now people out here starving. Yes. And stuff. Hear it, people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? um, oh. I completely agree. And I think when it comes to the social project element, I would love to talk about the Red Bull Amapico Academy. For anyone listening, the Red Bull Amapico Academy is a residential state where you can attend lectures, coaching sessions, storytelling, and workshops, as well as build up a network with like minded entrepreneurs and connect with. With leading innovators and storytellers. The program is designed to help people take their project to the next level and it sounds absolutely fantastic. So how did you first hear about the Red Bull Amapico Academy? Uh, through my mentor Sam Conniff. Um, he introduced me to them via email um, and there is where I found out everything about the Academy and I absolutely love what it stands for. Um, so I have the opportunity to speak in September on a couch um, with a host about mental health, entrepreneurship. Um, and yeah, I just think it's incredible the fact that, this, that they're creating this event where they're sharing so much knowledge, information for people to better themselves, their businesses and their possibilities. So, yeah. It sounds awesome. And, you know, I think it's really important to mention that Red Bull supporting these social innovators in their project, it doesn't mean that their, you know, support isn't financial. It's actually about giving them access to learning the skills and gaining the knowledge for themselves that they could then turn into gaining funding. So who would you encourage to apply for the Academy? Everybody who's creating content online right now, every content curator, every young business owner should definitely get involved with this academy. It'll be so worthwhile. I absolutely love that. So if you are a young entrepreneur with a business focusing on creating social change within your local community, then please do check out the link in my description, which will take you straight to the application process. So I'd love to talk to you about the Power Hour concept because a lot of what you were saying earlier, I'm sitting here enthusiastically nodding along because essentially I have this concept of the Power Hour, which is what I do in the morning. So Mm -hmm. I get up early and that first hour of the day is my curated time when it's before my son wakes up, it's before um, notifications go on, Mm -hmm. it's before the laptop and it's an hour, which initially when I started it it was because I was training for the London Marathon and so I used it for my my running and and as you said about movement in the morning, like getting outside, whether it's dark, whether it's cold, whether the sun's coming up, that first hour just felt so magical because mm-hmm. the roads were empty. There's mm-hmm. nobody there. Like it's, it was amazing. So that was about two years ago. Started doing uh, yeah my early morning start, and it really, really has transformed my entire life. And people in my life started to see that in me. You know, I was you know having more success in my career. I had more create was more creative. I had more energy. I was more patient. I just mm-hmm. felt like having that hour every day started my day the right way. Yeah. So yeah, ultimately now I've got the power hour show and obviously I talk to different people about their morning routines and I think you know having a morning routine in regards to 
uh, practitioners that I've spoken to about mental health uh, can really help as a useful tool to help people who may be struggling with mental health and and it gives them I guess a structure and a routine in the morning and it can be a really useful framework for mm-hmm. them to have a daily practice so I'd love to know do you have a morning routine and if so what is it um okay so I wake up every day at 5 30 um did you know this? I'm like, I'm like, this is too good to be true. I'm like, these literally the, no. the perfect power hour guest. You get five stars. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, yeah, five stars would recommend to a friend. Yeah, okay, great. So uh, the first thing I do is I wake up at 5.30 um, for the same reasons as yourself. Um, first thing in the morning, there's nobody on the road. There's nobody outside. And for, the, for that, maybe that short hour, you almost feel like you're the only person in the world. So I literally wake up and I go to the park. I might go for a walk. I might just sit down, um, write, or I might just jog. You know, that's the first thing I do. So literally immediately as I come out of my bed, I have a shower. Um, All of my gym clothes are just there because if they're not, then I'm going to get distracted with something else. So once everything is set from the night before, I just know, wake up, shower, get your clothes ready, get the hell out. And then... Um, when I come back home, I would have a litre of water um, followed by some fruit. The first thing you should do when you break your fast or with breakfast is to um, have fruit. It removes like all the mucus, all the buildup that's just there during the night. Um, I'm still learning about nutrition, so that's, <laughs> I can't really give much but that's information what's, what about works that. For yeah. You. Yeah. yeah, so I would have like a platter of fruit. Um, and I may go back into my room and just spend the following hour just writing. I try not to watch anything. I try not to interact with anybody, have any conversations and just go straight to writing. Because like you said, in the first couple of hours when you wake up, you're still coming out of the dream state, coming into like full consciousness. So that's the best time for you to create. Literally, like people think coming home from work and just relaxing. No, that's when you're tired. Mm -hmm. Yeah, as soon as you wake up, that's the first time you should just start writing, start drawing, whatever it is that you're doing. It will be amplified. The creativity will just leak through. Um, So, yeah, I try to utilise the first two hours of my day to just myself, honouring my body, ensuring that I'm fulfilling it with as much nourishment or you know, giving it as, as as much freedom to move around and then engaging with my brain and my consciousness and just, you know, mm. creating. And for anyone listening, because as I said, like I've been talking about this for two years. <laughs> People know that I get up early and, you know, a lot of what you said, I echo that. So I guess for anyone listening who's like, okay, I've heard it a lot of times. There's a lot of people saying about this magic morning hour, mm-hmm. but they, I don't know, maybe they're feeling like they're not a morning person, you know, oh, I'm a night owl or whatever. How do you feel if for any reason you don't have that time? So mm-hmm. you don't have that time for, you know, whatever reason. Um, how do I feel when I don't stick to my routine? Out of place, disorientated. It will mess up my entire day, literally, because that's how I keep everything at bay. Um, there's a number of things I do in the morning, but, I, you know, from meditating to praying, um, it's all stuck on a, 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 a time as well, you know. 6.30 jog, 6.30 to 7.30 write, 7.30 to 8 pray, meditate. Like literally I start my day at 9. So from 5.30 to 9 is me just literally waking up. Um, and if I don't do all of that, then that allows me to, to be slumped. <laughs> then next thing you know, it's 12 and I haven't done anything and you know it's just a waste of a day amazing so I want to talk to you about the power hour challenge so each Mm. week I ask my guest on the show to give the listeners something that they can do this week something that they can get involved in they can reach out and tell us how it's going so I guess I loved when you talked you know about 
helping someone else in your community and kind mm-hmm. of uh, opening that door for them? And is there anything that we could try this week to help somebody else? Reblog your friends' businesses. Yeah. Okay. Reblog your friends' businesses. If, if you know somebody that has um, a project or an event or something they're trying to sell, reblog it, share it. Honestly, I d- people would underestimate how important that is. You yeah. don't know who it is that's on your timeline that's following you. You know, if you support your people, if you support your friends, reblog their stuff. That's- yeah, so like reposting, retweeting, yeah. putting yes. it on stories. Yes, honestly, that's how I find... That's how, I, that's how we found a lot of people, just through the reblogs of other people. Okay. Um so yeah I love that share it exactly share the love online amazing and so for anyone listening who wants to follow you online Megan where can they find you online obviously your good quote but do you have a personal account yeah I do uh, Instagram uh, it's just Roxanne's vibe Roxanne's okay. vibe yeah and the good, quote is... the good quote is uh, the good quote the good Um those are our two biggest pages and you can amazing. find everything if you just check our following list, it's all there. As soon as you type it in, yeah. you're going to find it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and my closing question, which I ask to every guest on the show, is about time. Because for me, I believe that time is the most valuable thing that we have. And yep. I think it's the most valuable thing that you can give to another person. Yep. So I just want to take a moment to thank you because I really, really am grateful that you could give me an hour of your time today. Thank you. So in your experience that you've shared in your journey so far, what is the most valuable thing that time has taught you? Time, gosh, you don't. It's, it's more valuable than money, isn't it? You don't get that back. Sure. Um, make sure that you utilize your time properly and don't waste it. Don't allow anybody to waste it. Um, stop wasting time disliking yourself. Stop wasting time second guessing yourself, procrastinating. St- start showing up for yourself. These are the things that I've learned with time because one of my one of my favorite quotes is that. I don't want to get to an old age and look back and realise how beautiful I was, how privileged I was, how much opportunity I have. Utilise the time that you have now. Um, Yeah, that's all I can say. Time is... It saddens me how much people waste time. Wow, thank you. Thank you, Megan, so much. And lastly, if you have a project that you are working on and you want to take that project to the next level, then please check out the Red Bull Amapico Academy. It will be held here in the UK for the very first time between the 28th of September and the 5th of October. Applications are now open until the 31st of May, so get involved, search online Red Bull Amapico Academy to find out all the info of how to get involved. Thank you so much for listening to the Power Hour podcast. As always, I hope that you enjoyed the show. Please do share it, as Megan said, and remember that you can rate and review us over on iTunes as well. Thanks so much. Thank you, Megan. Thank you. See ya.